Hello, and welcome to That Thing I Did for a Year, a podcast where we interview University of Toronto students about interesting experiences they had in a year away from school. My name is Ilya. I'm a fourth-year industrial engineering student here at U of D, and I'll be talking to Olivia today. Uh, behind production is Arkadia Hungarowski, a fourth-year engineering science student and the mastermind behind the operation. So today we are talking to Olivia. Olivia, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm a fourth-year mineral engineering student, and I just got back from PUA. Nice. All right. So before we get into kind of like what you did over PEY, mm-hmm. um, what were some of the things that you were involved in, like either at school or just like just outside of school and maybe any like work experiences that you had before you before started PUI. applying to PEY? Um, in my first year, I did like class rep stuff for like mineral engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a min board of directors representative on Intersoc for a year. Um, what else did I do? I did this club called Anova Masters. I was like a vice president promotions for it. So basically just like recruiting people to a design competition, mm-hmm. making websites, that kind of thing. Um, I also worked in research um, for one of the summers. I worked with Professor Bibhu Mahanti. <laughs> he, he's like a, a blast specialist um, professor that works for our department. I did like a three month project with him. Um, and then I also worked for Labatt Breweries as a campus ambassador. So I was mm-hmm. like recruiting fourth year students to their like graduate program basically right but um yeah I always tried to like at least do one or two things like during the year to like keep me busy and build my resume I guess right Uh, it seems like you were pretty involved on like the men's side of things at least yeah like you know just like representing the faculty and whatnot Uh what made you want to go into mineral engineering out of high school yeah um I would say like I thought it was interesting that there was travel and that like you make a decent amount of money and it seemed like more adventurous especially Mm -hmm. because like you know, you can be doing rotational work or, or whatever. And also, like, even when I was younger, like, I didn't want to just, like, sit, like, in an office all day, like, uh-huh. in a cubicle. So I liked how Min has that, like, interplay of, like, the technical work and also, like, field exposure. So you can spend half your day, like, at the desktop designing something and the other half of your day, like, underground or open pit or doing exploration right. or whatever. Um, and, yeah, I just think it's cool. It's, like, very niche. So uh-huh. if you become a technical expert in something, you're, like, really like a technical expert (laughs) right and there's more like that field engineering aspect of like actually being out there and doing stuff yeah it's cool to like see the work okay so leading off of that where did you how did you spend your PUI give like a brief rundown of what that looked like okay so I spent my first four months at Detour Gold which is a gold mining company in uh, northern Ontario Um, it's an open pit gold mine and I worked in the mill so I was doing metallurgy work so similar to what like a chemical engineer would do like in a plant except with minerals (laughs) um and that was like a two in two out rotation which was pretty cool two weeks in two weeks out rotation what does that mean like what does that look like you work for two weeks and you'll do 12 hour days Mm -hmm. and you like live on site they have food for you there's like a gym you get bus to and from work and then you have like your your own little like living area or whatever right and then i would get like after the two weeks i would get bus to the airport and then i would fly home and i have two weeks off which is pretty sweet. <laughs> that is that is very, very different from, I think, like the standard kind of PUI yeah, experience. Yeah, you, you would think that it's like very um, demanding because it's like 12-hour days, but you get really used to it and you get so much done because you have like so much time. Right, and that's just what you do. Yeah, yeah. and you also get like closer with your coworkers, which is nice because like you just, you're working on the same thing together 12 hours a day, like for two whole weeks. So like you like lot. best be friends with them. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I had a lot of fun there. Um, and there were lots of other summer students there too, which was nice. Nice. Um, and then I had like 
a month and a half or two months where I couldn't find a job. Right. <laughs> um, where I like have to decide if I was gonna like go back to school or if I was gonna like be stubborn and yeah. still trying to find a job. Um, and I, I ended up deciding to like still stick it out and try to find something. And I ended up finding a job with um, Acon Mining. So I was working in Fort Mac with them in Alberta. Mm -hmm. So in the oil sands. And I was doing like, I was a project coordinator. So they had this like heavy earthwork project and they're basically just moving like a bunch of dirt from one area to another. <laughs> and I was doing a lot of the tracking of the costs and stuff and sending out reports for that and looking at like equipment productivity. Mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up leaving that job after like a month and a half um, for a job in Manitoba, <laughs> so all over Canada <laughs> um, at this point. Uh, and that was with Valet at an underground uh, nickel mine. And I was doing survey, and then in my free time, I was doing like um, more mine planning work and stuff. So trying to get like, you know, a little bit more extra work as much mm -hmm. as I could, I guess, in, in each, in my like co op term, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that took you to the end of your PUI term? Yeah, yeah. So that was like seven months, I think, at Valet. Okay, yeah. sweet. So it, it sounds, and correct me if I'm wrong from what you're saying, like you didn't have like the requisite 12 months of oh, work no. planned out <laughs> no, no, no. Like, prior to <laughs> no, that. No, no. So I had, I had a job offer in September, um, which I was going to take, but I tried to negotiate the contract with mm -hmm. them, and they ended up like cheating me out of it like they gave the contract to someone else. Sure, yeah. Um, so at that point I was like, I was in the mode of planning not to go back to school. Uh -huh. So I was like, okay, I can either like go back to school and like do my last year of school or I can like keep going on the path I'm on and, you know, take, um, like kind of drop out of the formal PY program mm -hmm. and then like do it on my own. So that's what I ended up doing. Okay. Because the, the department doesn't let you do like, like three short four month right, things. It right, has to right. be like a full 12 month program mm -hmm. or job, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So you ended up just like dropping that and then you were just looking for the jobs kind of on your yeah, own. Yeah. Yeah. For like a month and a half or something. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, you clearly made it work. I did. <laughs> I did. Right. That's awesome. So let's get into that first, uh, first job that you had, like the, the one, the two in, two out with, yeah. what's, what was the name of the company again? Detour Gosh. Gold. Detour Gold. Gotcha. Yeah. So you mentioned that what you were doing was like metallurgy and was similar to kind of like chem work. Yeah. What does a day of that look like? Um, so basically I worked, I had like five research projects that I was doing. Okay. Um, and basically like a mill, like it's like a process, right? So you're mm -hmm. trying to get like the highest recovery that you can. So the most gold mm -hmm. out of like the product that's being sent to the mill with like using the least amount of chemicals or like reagents, like mm -hmm. to save on cost. Okay. So it's like this relationship between recovery and, and cost that you're trying to balance. Right. Uh -huh. Um, and so I was doing, um, certain research projects that looked at like different factors, like, I don't know, like operating parameters in certain parts of the system where you're like, okay, what's the optimal pressure and I don't know, density and all these different things that will give me the best particle size. Mm -hmm. Because if you have like a, a smaller particle size, you might get better recovery. Like there's like, I guess you're like balancing factors. So a lot of what I was doing was like sampling, like in the mornings I would go and sample for my various research projects. And then I would get the data back from analysis Maybe I would work in the lab to do some analysis and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I would do um, some analysis in like Minitab. It's like a data analysis mm -hmm. software. 
Um, and then, I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what I would do all day. And then, like, at the end, like, I made a report and stuff for that. Okay, got it. So there was this, like, big, like, gold procurement process, and you were trying to just make it more effective. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. they had, basically, like, the chief metallurgist had this idea that, oh, maybe if we do this, the process will be more efficient. So I want you to look into uh-huh. this and tell me, you know, if we adjust this factor, how much better will our process be? And, like, how does that relate to our costs and our overall, um, like, the overall process has so many steps, right? So mm-hmm. how does that affect, like, this other area? So it was pretty cool. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And so when you say you were at this two weeks on, two weeks mm-hmm. on program, would you work weekends as well? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So like it was you like work every day, 12 hours. Every day for 12 hours, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And then you would just like like head home for the two weeks and you were repeating that for the summer? Yeah. So you had, what was it, like eight times that you were there, four times that you were there? Four, four times, right? Okay. Because like I would go once a month basically to work. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, how did you like maintain relationships with people who were like around here during that time? Like, what was that like? Honestly, like it was fine. Um, like a lot of my school friends, like you don't, I don't always see them during the week anyways, just because mm-hmm. like we hang out on weekends, right? So I think it would kind of feel like to them, like maybe I was like away. I don't know, like they just happened to not see me. But when right. you come back, like whenever I would come back after the two weeks, like probably the first three or four days were just me seeing people. Uh-huh. Um, but it wasn't that difficult. Like I have a phone and stuff. Like it's uh-huh. it is two weeks and it, it definitely is a long time. But you get to be back for two full weeks. Like it's it's not bad. You can make it work. I think. Right. Well, I'm, you did clearly. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um. So I guess like moving on from that, you you finished that job, mm-hmm. and then did you have like another job lined up after that, or were you back to searching? So I had an investment. Well. I was interviewing for an investment banking job. Sure. Um, wildly not mineral engineering. It is mineral. So oh, like, okay. it's this, it was this firm and they do like mining investment banking specifically. So okay. in mining, like you can do the technical role, like kind of what I've been talking about, but you, a lot of people go into finance, especially in Toronto. Cause it's like a mining hub for finance and mm-hmm. consulting companies and stuff. Um, but yeah, I was going to do an investment banking position with them. Um, and like, they wanted to hire me. They sent me a contract, all sure. that. And then I was like, Oh, like, trying to negotiate certain factors of my contract and then they, you know, just didn't answer me and decided to go with someone else. Right. So yeah. So that's kind of why I ended up having that like gap in time, that month and a half between detour and my next job. Okay. Yeah. So you, you like found and started that job between when you finished at detour? Well, started, like I had the contract, I hadn't signed it yet and I was okay. nego- like in negotiation with them uh-huh. and then I was like, okay. That now makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So both before you started at Detour and just like generally throughout UPY, you were like quite picky with the jobs that you ended up um, taking. Like I I say that, well, you were like quite selective, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was your thought process on that? Well, okay. With that one job, to be fair, like because it was an investment banking job, it was like crazy hours. Like they wanted me to work like 60 hours a week. And they just said that, right? Yes. Okay. Which was like, I was like fine with, but I was trying to negotiate like okay, if I'm working 60 hours a week, I want this salary. Like, uh-huh. I want this, I don't know, some other, like, whatever I was trying to argue right. with them for. Yeah. So it wasn't so much that I was trying to be, like, crazy picky, but um, I don't know. Like, I was just trying to make sure that my contract was fair and that, like, valued my skills, I guess. Right. A, a lot of students don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know, at least, like, for myself and, like, for a lot of people I've talked to, generally, when you're given a contract, you're like, yes, like, like please, like, sign yeah, that right, right now. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, 
was that like part of your thought process or like, like how yeah. did you think about just like negotiation? Cause you seem to be significantly more confident in that. Oh. I mean, definitely I was in that like most people yeah. are. Yeah. Well, obviously that one with um, that investment banking firm didn't work out, but I did like from that experience learn how to negotiate better. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for my job with valet, for example, mm-hmm. like I ended up negotiating that contract like successfully and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just all about asking for stuff that's reasonable and, you know, like, taking stock of like what you have to offer and also what you want from the company. So what kind of job they're offering and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, And yeah, just going for it, I guess. So how long would that, I know I'm like digging into this, but I yeah. just think I, I'm really curious and I think like a lot of people are, um, what, what does that like negotiation process look like? Do they like send you a contract and you say like, yeah. I think this would be better. And then you like send them an email back. Like, yeah, is, is that kind of what that looks like? Yeah. A lot of people say like, you should probably call and do it in person, but I, I did mine like via email and it was fine. I just uh-huh. explained like exactly why I wanted something or didn't want something. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't asking for anything like too crazy. Right. Um, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> Good for that. Okay, yeah. so you get you got your second job at um, at the second company. Which company was that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I really just don't know these companies, and that's why I'm curious. Yeah. Um. So, uh, like, mining. What, what was that job? Like, what were you doing? So, there? that job was I was a project coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of overseeing like this massive like heavy equipment project where you're moving like lots of earth basically, mm-hmm. and I was doing like. I was tracking like the loads. I was, sorry, mm-hmm. I was looking at like equipment productivity. So like, how many like buckets was the shovel filling per minute? Like stuff uh-huh. like that. Like how productive is your equipment being? Um, and then looking at like day like day to day like what what's our like project cost versus budget? So where are we gaining on the budget? Where are we losing on the budget? Mm-hmm. And why? And sending out like reports like that to like the VPs and stuff. Um, so that was okay. I I worked. It was cool because I got like a company truck and stuff, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> a phone, and like I had like paid housing and stuff there, which was really nice because mm-hmm. Fort Max like super expensive place to live. But right. the trade off there was that I was working like six days a week mm-hmm. um, with one day off, and I was working like twelve hour days. Right. So it was a really really demanding job, but I got like really good overtime from it, so it was kind mm-hmm. of a balance. Um, but yeah, I, that job was good, uh-huh. but I would say that for me, like for what I want to do in my life, I don't really want to be like a project coordinator. I wanted mm-hmm. to get more like design experience and be like more in the field and stuff. Cause that mm-hmm. job, I was just like kind of pit pattering on the computer. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I ended up going to valet mm-hmm. um, and like making that choice to, to move from there. When did you know that you wanted to like move on from that position? Um... Honestly, like the first week that I was there was really, really hard, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to stick it out because they, they threw a lot of work at me. Sure. Um, and I think I made the decision once I was like competent at what I, would, I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to like choose to go to a different job because like I found the work difficult or I was lazy. Like I wanted it to be like, I can now do this. Like I know that like I have a really good grasp of what's going on, but I also know that it doesn't interest me. Right. And so that's why I made the choice to move, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So, uh, how did that? I'm just curious how that worked logistically because, like, you were you know far from home. You were yes. like, like, across the country. So, with a lot of those jobs where you like go work for a mining company in Alberta or something, mm-hmm. they fly you out and they say they'll fly you back. Mm-hmm. But if you like leave for another job, which is what I did, yeah, um, then they don't fly you back. You have to pay yourself. But, right. Yeah. 
Okay, and you went straight from that job to Valet? No, I signed a contract with Valet, and I was really, really overworked. Like, I was working, like, like 70 hours a week. Uh -huh. Sorry. That's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Anyways, um, and so I decided I wanted, like, a week off at uh -huh. home. So I came home, I just, like, decompressed, and then I, I went to... To Manitoba. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. So uh, this is around like February, March? I think it was like January, February, something like that. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So and then you got there. Uh, I guess before we dig into that, like what did what did deciding to like leave a job that like, I guess you thought you liked teach you? Like what did you get from that? Um it was a really hard decision for me because I think I was looking at it like kind of emotionally. Uh -huh. Like I was like, Oh, I like my coworkers and like I also was kind of isolated, right? So I didn't have like family and stuff around. So mm -hmm. I felt like it was just like a big decision to make. And I didn't really feel like I could talk to my coworkers about it too much because obviously they don't want me to leave. <laughs> um, but I think it just, I ended up like calling my dad and stuff and, and, and talking to him. And one of the things he told me to do was like to look at it like really as like a business decision. Like what, like what factors are, is the job giving me here that valet can give me that's better like kind of comparing like right. in terms of salary in terms of work experience like how can you use this job as like a stepping stone when you graduate and like that kind of thing mm -hmm. like not so much being like oh I feel bad and guilty like mm -hmm. more being like what like what's best for me in terms like in a professional sense right um and also like he was saying like you know if at a regular company like if you find a job that's better like your coworkers are going to be happy for you you know they should right. be if the company culture is right, they should be happy that you're pursuing something that's, you know, more valuable to you. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like something I took to heart because I was like, yeah, like I found another position that like truly is going to give me the experience that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So why, like, why would I stay somewhere where they like want to hold me back kind of? So right. I think the lesson is like, I feel like young workers like myself included don't really like value themselves enough. Right. Because like they want the job and they want the experience and like. You know they they just want to get out there but i think it's important to like think about where you're spending your time mm -hmm. and like is six months at this co company gonna like really benefit you or are you gonna like stop learning after two two months or something like mm -hmm. that you know so yeah. gotcha wow, I mean, that, that sounds like a solid decision making process so uh, on to ballet yes. so what were you doing at ballet so i did survey um so i was basically underground every day until like 12 or 1 o'clock and I did like better I don't know how to describe survey to you <laughs> basically you have this equipment and you use it to mark like where the center line is in a heading and to like give the miners like reference points so when they're driving like a heading like think of it as like a long tunnel underground sure and when they're driving that like it's it's hard to get a sense of orientation when mm -hmm. you're underground right so we mark like the center line on like the back, which is like the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And then we mark like grade points on the side, which helps them to like slope the heading or the way that you want it. So if mm -hmm. you want to go forward like five meters at a 2% grade, that mm -hmm. means you want to slope upwards 2%. So we're putting in markings that help them go straight along the center line so that they follow like the plan, which is kind of like a blueprint of the mm -hmm. underground. And also that helped them aim like their drills or whatever in that like 2% slope. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're directing the operation. Yeah, basically. so you're basically like giving them reference points. So it's doing that. Um, you're doing stuff like an open scope is like 
if you have a large area where you blasted, like you can't go, um, like it's like a non-entry mining method, let's say, so you can't go in the stope to look at it. So we would put in like ex expensive like equipment that's kind of like a camera mm -hmm. and you would like feed it into the open stope, like the open hole or whatever, and it would scan the area so that the engineers would have like a solid to work off of to see mm -hmm. like what the ground conditions are and like if their blasts went according to plan and all those kind of things. So mm -hmm. we were gathering like that information underground. And then when I like came above ground, so that's around like one or whatever, I would do like importing that data and then putting out like issuing development prints and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's where you're like showing where those grade plugs and um, centerline markings that you made <laughs> that mm -hmm. day are and like how the miners should proceed. So should they go 10 meters, five meters? Like when should they call for new line and grade? Uh -huh. like, that kind of stuff. And then, <laughs> yeah. um, so that was like kind of my day to day. And then um, in between that, I would like push for more work from like the planning engineers. So doing like more design projects. So I did like a sump hole design project. I did like- So like what's that for example? So like the sump hole design was like basically in the mine, mm -hmm. they make sumps, which is like where you want your water to flow because mm -hmm. it's very easy to flood, right? Um, so they want to drain the water to like a certain area. Um, and this, this sump, for whatever reason, was like, I guess its capacity wasn't big enough. So mm -hmm. it was kind of overflowing. So they wanted like a drill hole from one sump to the sump mm -hmm. on the level below. And like, that sounds pretty simple, but like when you're drilling and stuff, like there's certain, certain things you have to take into account, like whether or not the equipment that you need to drill can fit in the drift, like what orientation you want it to drill at, like what's the dip, what's the strike, like there's all this like, I guess geometry to it. Uh -huh. um, and so like I did like a design project around that where I just like designed a sump hole. Uh -huh. um, and some other stuff like I got to do, you know that like um, open stope stuff that I was talking about? Just for the benefit of myself <laughs> and other people listening, what, what is a stope? A stope, it, um, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, like when you're mining, uh -huh. you take out a big chunk of rock. Sure. And now it's an open stope. Okay. It's just like the open space, like where there used to be rock, like you like mined that area. The hole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but yeah, I got to like, um, that open stope like method that I was talking about, um, I got to like design a block from that. So you get like a geology block model uh -huh. and then you like analyze it and you say like, okay, what's the best angle to like make my shape that I'm going to blast out to get like the highest recovery and the lowest dilution. Dilution is like when you have like a lot of rock, it's like dilution is like your ratio of like rock mm -hmm. to ore material. Right. Um, and so like I got to do stuff like that and there's a lot of like optimization factors in there, like with your angle and I don't know, the number of like, <laughs> the number of like, I don't know, drill holes that you put in and stuff. So that was cool. That was really good like design experience, I think, to get as like a, as a student and stuff. I mean, that, that sounds very like start to end. That sounds like a very holistic design experience. Like you weren't designing mm -hmm. this one little thing. That was a big no, part yeah, of No, that was, that was probably like the biggest thing that I got to do, which mm -hmm. was really cool. Um, but it's kind of hard to explain without like pictures or like if you don't have a context of what I'm we'll, talking about. We'll post those. That, that, that's all good. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I'm curious about, are these things you learned in school? Um, um, I mean like some stuff, I guess. Like you learn about like mining methods and stuff. Um, and I think we're taking an underground course next semester 
which I think that the underground course that we should take should be in like third year. Like mm -hmm. I don't know why it's at the end of fourth year. Mm -hmm. I actually think that's a big mistake on the <laughs> on yeah. my program's part. But um, I think that like covers some of that stuff a little bit more. But we did take like a general underground mining course in third year, and it's more like it's more like an overview of what's going on. So like yeah, like you learn about like the open stoke mining methods, but like some of the specifics of what I learned, like you don't. You don't really see. Plus, like you're using programs and stuff you don't use. So I use Vulcan, which is a mind design software that like. It's a great name for a mind design software. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, it's super popular in industry, and it's really good that I have like such a good grasp of using it. Mm -hmm. Like just for when I graduate, to be able to like put that on my resume and talk about it in an interview and stuff. Is this? I know in like a lot of uh, industries, like the software is kind of applied across it. Is that mm -hmm. the case in mining? Like, would is would Vulcan or something like that be like a commonly used software? Like there's several softwares sorry that do the same thing so there's like Surpak, mindsight mm -hmm. um whittle vulcan like mm -hmm. all these different things that do slightly different things um i think that there are some like design softwares that people use more for like open pit versus underground mm -hmm. um, and then there's also scheduling software so like deswick is a scheduling software that like helps you I don't know, there's a lot of scheduling in mining. Is it, is it mining specific? Yeah. It's a mining specific scheduling software. Yeah, like okay. like you kind of need like mining specific software if you want okay. to apply it right because it's just different. Than it just seems like it's a it's whole, it's just a different it's world. world. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, on that front, you mentioned that you kind of had the high level concepts from school, but a lot of the stuff was stuff that you learned on the job. Mm -hmm. You're also talking about, you're saying words like water direction and blast. And like, these are very much like real things that are happening to real people, which sounds like an oversimplification, but I'm an industrial engineering. So mm -hmm. like for me, like the worst thing that can happen, like when I'm designing an interface is somebody doesn't like it mm -hmm. um, versus it sounds like the stakes are higher for the work that you're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah somebody could get really hurt. Well, right. So <laughs> was that ever something that you were thinking about, like, when you were doing the work? Yeah, that, but I feel like that's a fear, like, for, like, civil engineers, too. Like, well, somebody sure. goes on your bridge and it breaks or whatever. Sure. Um, but, can, like, Canada has, like, pretty strict, like, mining, like, rules and protocols. Like, most of the companies here are, like, well-developed. Like, they have, like, certain standards that are, like, oh, your toe spacing should be eight feet. Like, they'll tell you, and you get a lot of guidance from, like, senior engineers. Like, they know that you don't really have, like, an idea of what you're doing right okay. out of school. Um, so there's a lot of training there. Um, and also, like, the way it works is, like, you make your print or your design, and then an engineer looks at it, and they have to sign off on it, and they'll make corrections. Mm -hmm. And then you'll give it to, like, a senior, like, a senior engineer or, like, a somebody like that's up at that level and they'll have to like approve the design right so there are many levels of you're not, I'm not i wasn't afraid <laughs> okay good yeah yeah, yeah. Um, th that, yeah that's awesome um how long do you think it took like at valet or like at you know that like the, the gold mining job mm -hmm. um before you like before you felt like oh i can independently operate like how steep would you say the learning curve was the learning curve at valet was like pretty intense mm -hmm. um it wasn't that long it was like probably like two months ish but like survey survey was hard to learn just because like it's not really like a lot of people who come to university like you're like academic right mm -hmm. but a lot of work in mining is hands-on like you're literally underground like you're setting up the equipment like I had trouble at first like 
doing things like I had to like drill into the wall. Like I'm not that strong. Like uh-huh. <laughs> stuff like that. Or like even just like That's s- why they have the gym. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, even like setting up like the survey gun and leveling it, like it's not difficult, but it's um it takes practice, I guess. And like mm-hmm. some people are naturally like obviously gonna be better at that than others. So like that was kind of intense. And also like like you said, it's like a whole different world. So there's all this stuff you're learning in terms of like safety, like I had never been to an underground mine before, so, like, I didn't even know how it was set up. Like, I had to learn how to, like, drive, like, a mine cat, which is kind of like a Jeep underground. That is so cool. (laughs) Um, I had to learn how to, like, drive that on the ramp and, like, know, like, okay, when I... Because, like, on the ramp, there's just, like, it's just one road. Okay. And you have two-way traffic, right? Uh Uh-huh. So you have to, like, if, like, a huge haul truck is coming towards you, you have to back up and, like, go into a side drift. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, like, that was scary for me and, like, right. knowing what to do in that situation. Um, and then also, like, learning Vulcan was, like, a pretty big challenge right at the beginning because, like, I've never used the software before. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, like, probably two months and, like, I got a lot of support and stuff too, like, I think I was I was fine. Like, I learned pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say my time at D- Detour was a little bit... Um, the, the learning curve wasn't as steep because I was doing more, like, sampling work and stuff and data mm-hmm. analysis, which, like, you know, I've been in a lab before. Like, I've mm-hmm. done data analysis. Like, that's not too out of the realm from, like, my studies. But, mm-hmm. like, really being in the field, like, at an underground mine was definitely more of a <laughs> learning mm-hmm. curve. But I really liked it, so. Gotcha. <laughs> well, are these the kinds of jobs that you think you'd come back to? Yeah, I think I want to do, like, uh, when I graduate, I want to do, like, mine planning for an underground mine. I'm even doing, like, my thesis on underground mining now. Uh-huh. So, like, it's definitely, like, I really, really liked it. So, yeah. Okay. Was it what you imagined it would be when you first kind of went into mineral engineering? Like, you were mentioning a couple of things that you had Honestly, in mind. I don't think anyone, well, I guess it's a broad statement, but I don't think you truly have an idea of, like, what mining engineering is when you first come to the program. Because, like, how could you if, you, if you're from Toronto? Like, sure, you know, yeah. you've never really been to the mine. But I think the base, like things that I liked about it, like how it's like a little bit more adventurous, like, I don't know, like it's, it's hands-on, like all those things, that stuff that I liked about it combined with like the analytical and problem solving from like any engineering, right? that all like lined up. And so. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it sounds like very much engineering, but also like you're definitely in like a giant, like underground yeah. structure. Like yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. Adventurous doesn't yeah. start. Like, but like, what's cool about it is like, you can do that that kind of work like where you're like underground you're doing the planning whatever and then like after five years like if you decide you want to do like maybe a more high level role or you want to work like in an office or something like Mm -hmm. you can go do mining consulting or you can like I don't know just like work for corporate for the company that you're working at so Mm -hmm. you don't have to like just work in the mine your whole life you can and lots of people do but there's options so I like that Right, you could take on like a more conventional engineering job mm-hmm. like when that starts making sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were there things that you wished you were taught before going on the job? Like you mentioned that like underground mining is something that you wish was taught earlier because like you did that. Just like the technical aspects of it. But uh-huh. I think that, I just think that like you shouldn't have, like you shouldn't be a new graduate who lear- like just learned about like the specifics of like underground mining like a month ago. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like I feel like it should be introduced into the program much earlier and then I think that there should be more high-level courses that are taught like in your fourth year mm-hmm. rather than like an underground like rock mechanics course you know so are the courses that are generally taught more high level it's just like there's courses like 
in your second year, you take like introduction to the resource industry, which is like a good course because you like get like a broad overview of like the geology, mining, like all that stuff. But I think like, like we've been saying, like mining's like a whole other world. Like mm -hmm. they spend a lot of time giving us courses that like introduce you to stuff, which is good. Mm -hmm. But like personally, like I would have preferred to like take like a high level technical course earlier. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. But, like, I guess it's just that, like, you don't have background knowledge about mining, I guess. Right. So they can't just, like, or they feel that they can't just, like, give you this course specifically on underground mining. They have to have, like, one before that that's, like, more general and more, like, high level, I guess. Right. And it also sounds like they'd rather have, like, the companies kind of train you in that. And once you have that context going into fourth, yeah, be like, like, okay, remember that thing you did? This is the academic yeah, version. Yeah. They could never, like, actually teach you everything that you learn on the job. Like, it just... Like, every company does stuff differently. Like, mm -hmm. every ore body is different. Like, the conditions are different, right? Sure. So, like, I, I see, like, why they run it that way, but it's oh, just a personal opinion that we should have that course earlier. Right. Well, and I mean, I think there could be hands-on things. Like, you've got the civil engineering uh, lab in Galbraith, right? You could have a massive hole under <laughs> any building, and I think that would be just fine. There's Perfect. no more real estate there. I, I, I just think there are opportunities that could be pitched, is all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So, did the, the 16 months that you kind of spend across these companies change what you think you'd be focusing on in fourth year? Like, you mentioned that you're doing a thesis in underground mining. Like, were any of the decisions you made about fourth year affected by your work experience? Yeah, so, like, before I went for PY, I was like, oh, I want to do mining, but like I didn't really know what I wanted to do, which you can tell kind of from my PY year. Like I did a little bit of everything. I did metallurgy, I did like project management, and then I did like legit like underground mining. You were all over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was trying to like, I guess like figure out like what exactly I wanted before I had to like lock myself into like a fixed term, mm -hmm. right? Um, but uh, it definitely influenced like how I selected my courses um, come fourth year just because like looking at my technical electives like I didn't see as much stuff that like focus on underground mm -hmm. and I really like underground mining mm -hmm. so I decided you know like I want to learn more about this subject like I think this is like the area I want to work in like when I graduate and stuff so like that had me reach out to a professor who like does a lot of work with like tunneling and underground stuff and now I'm doing my thesis with that but if I hadn't done a PY, I don't think I would have known that like, oh, I really like underground. Mm -hmm. like, I think it's super cool. Like, I probably would have just taken a generic, you know, uh, you know, technical elective, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. what makes you really like underground mining? Like, what was? I about think it's. It? I just think it's really really complicated. You know, like, like there's so many things. Like, how do you get like water underground? How do you get electricity underground? How do you uh -huh. get like? How do you account for like these? huge pieces of equipment that are like letting off gas underground like how do you design in a way that's gonna be like better for when there's like a fire or an emergency underground mm -hmm. and I, I liked that um and I really liked how like you were like what from what I saw of like the mine planners like when they were like designing a block like you're making the shape and then you're like deciding where your drill holes go mm -hmm. and you're like looking at the dimensions and you're doing this analysis to see like which shape and which angle and which thing is going to give me like the best recovery and like what's actually feasible and like just in mining in general like not underground specific but I like like the interplay of like um, like operators like like 
blue collar workers basically like sure. with the engineers and stuff like they bring a lot of like really good practical experience and if you can build like a good relationship with operations it's it's really good too so i just like that dynamic just mm -hmm. cool. yeah yeah did you ever like have a feeling like when when you were down there i was just like i i literally can't believe that i'm currently working on this yeah <laughs> yeah definitely like i remember my first day underground it was so cool because I was like in that underground Jeep I was talking about uh -huh. and I was like going down the ramp and it's pitch black, right? Like you can't see anything. And there, I just had like the bright lights, obviously like of the, of the vehicle. And it was just like lighting up the ramp as we were going and it kind of like zigzags a little and it's a uh -huh. little bumpy because it's, it's rough underground. Like sure. it's not like a nice road. And I was like, this is like a roller coaster. This is so cool. Yeah. Like I can't believe I'm here. Um, so, so that was definitely cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. cool. It's just like a big structure. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, we've used the phrase "whole other world." And it's something <laughs> like that. That's now that you talk about it. That's something I now want to see. <laughs> um, you lived in three different places and uh -huh. had rapid succession, like places yeah. that weren't Toronto. Did you did, did you think that you got better at kind of like adapting to new places? Um, I, I think that I got like more independent for sure. Mm -hmm. I definitely like because I was like taken away from some of the stuff I do in Toronto all the time like you know going to a club or going to a coffee shop or whatever I picked up more hobbies mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I spent more quality time with people mm -hmm. because like you don't have as much to do so like you hang out together and make activities right right um, and I also think that I learned how to tone down my Toronto a little bit when I'm in like a remote <laughs> Explain location. what that means because I'm from here and I don't know what that means and I think I should. <laughs> I, I don't really know how to describe it. Like it's just, they just look at like, you know, I always got made fun of for being from Toronto. You're just like a city girl or like a city guy. Like, okay. You dress differently. You talk differently. Like you even think differently Do about we have certain an accent? issues. It's not an accent. I, I don't think it's an accent. It's just like, you just have a very different life, like, uh -huh. you know, like it's different access to resources, different, like different day-to-day -day life, you mm -hmm. know, um, and yeah. <laughs> right. So your coworkers would be like, Olivia, you're Toronto, Sean? They're like, you're the Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Were they mostly from around there? Um, Fort Mac people are not. It's mm -hmm. mostly like a lot of newfies actually work in Fort Mac, like they mm -hmm. fly in. Um, people like from Alberta and stuff and people from Ontario like Fort Mac is really like a lot of people from all over Canada go to um, for Thompson which is Manitoba uh, that one was like all people from Thompson a couple people from like Saskatchewan like mostly the engine the people who come in that are from out of province are usually like the engineers mm -hmm. and then like myself um, one of the other co-op students was from like uh, uh, Vancouver and stuff but uh yeah, in general, it's like locals plus like whoever like came from, you know, an engineering background and moved here. Right. I mean, that sounds like kind of the opposite of a lot of what happens with like usual big companies where like people come from all over to like a city to yeah. work at that company. Well, I think the thing is like with mining, like you're going to have like a technical staff, mm -hmm. but the size of the technical staff is like very, very small compared to like the operators. Uh huh. So like the main population in Thompson is the drillers and like the haul truck drivers. Like it's not really the engineers. Right. There's like 10 of you and like 30 of them on one shift. Right. Gotcha. Right. Or more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's why it's like more locals and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really good money. So like people grow up there and then they see this job where you make like 
120k like when you're like 19 right like obvi- not obviously but a lot of them choose to stay uh, so yeah that's kind of what that, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> it makes so many sense it makes dollars um so <laughs> write that one down um yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think that just about wraps up like everything that I kind of wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else that, that you wanted to say? Do PY. Do PY. <laughs> it's good for you. No, it's good to take a break from school. And uh-huh. I think, like like I said, I picked up like a lot more hobbies. And like, I also think like anyone who's like considered moving away for PY, like I really think the experience of moving away from home is, is great. Like I kind of grew up near, near Toronto, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm from the GTA. So like... I hadn't really, like, gone by myself for, like, eight months before or something. Mm-hmm. And that really, like, I think I grew up a lot and, like, kind of figure out my life a lot more. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's looking for some, I don't know, personal development, I definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> recommend, like, taking a job away for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, like, as a thing that's independently valuable from the job itself. Like, the fact yes, that it's like not I, where home is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you, when you meet new people, you do new things. Like, for example, like... I played Dungeon and Dragons Ooh. while I was in uh, Manitoba, and that was like never something I would have done in Toronto. Did you know what it was? I knew what it was, okay. but I was like, "What is yeah. this?" But like, I didn't truly know like what the game was about, like the role play and stuff. Uh-huh. But I had a lot of fun. You so, like it? Yeah, it was good. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of RPGs, so I'm like, <laughs> glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arcadi and I definitely put on for that community. Uh, <laughs> Alright, uh, well, on that note, Olivia, thank you for talking to us. Okay. Thank you for repping men hard. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a, a game job. Uh, that's it for this episode of That Thing I Did for a Year. We'll see you next time.